Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest speaker for today is Chris Brown. Well, good morning again, Life in the Sun. It's, it's always uh, a blessing to be able to come up and speak to you guys. And today's subject is, uh, you know, I was just... You know, God always prepares everything beforehand. He prepares us through worship. He pre prepares us through the word that God gives to us through the prophetic team. And he prepares us even through the announcer. And today's subject is, uh, it's going to challenge us a little bit. But the challenge is for the purpose of us building up the kingdom of God. Amen. We want to be able to invest in something that is valuable to God and not valuable to us. Amen? I always have fun with this thing. There we go. So the object of our affections is today's message. And God is going to redefine our treasures. And today is, uh, you know, I was actually gone over the past couple of weeks, so forgive me if I'm, you know, I'm jet-lagging a little bit. I just got back from the States on, uh, on Friday night, so everything is kind of buzzing a little bit. But uh, the word that God has put in my heart for you today, I think, is, is, is going to bless you guys. Uh, it really blessed me as I prepared for it. Uh, it and it's going to challenge us. Again, it's, it's going to provide for us a greater understanding as to what our purpose really is when it comes to handling our finances and putting our eyes on the right things that we determine as things that we want to be uh, attracted to. Amen? So let's just go ahead and pray, and we'll get right in it. We've, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get through these slides as fast as I can. I know we're, we're stretched for time for a little bit, but uh, actually God prepared a very short message for today, just in, just in time for this. Father, we thank you that you love your children so much, Lord God, that you're willing to invest everything that you had into our lives, Lord God. Jesus, you gave everything on the cross. God, you gave everything through your son as an investment into the kingdom of heaven, Father God. And I pray today that your words are spoken, not mine. I humble myself before you today. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you come and that you anoint the words with your power. And Lord, anoint their ears today to be able to hear the word that you have for them today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the scripture that we're going to go over is Matthew 6, 19 through 24. It says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light into your body. Where your eye is health, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness... How deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other, 
You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Amen? So there's actually five main points in, in this scripture. Number one is don't store up treasures on earth. Number two is store up treasures in heaven, right? Then your eye is a, a lamp that provides light to your body, or your eye can be unhealthy. And finally, we're, not, we're unable to serve two masters. Amen? So let's cover the first part. Storing treasures on earth. I kind of chose that background picture because oftentimes, oh, you can't really see it. I'm, I have to get used to our resolution. On, I can see it on that one really well. So if you, if you turn around, you can kind of see it in the back. I, I guess I should have provided a better picture. But what it is, it's like from, I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, ride or something at Disneyland. But it's, it's a picture of a dead guy, skeleton, hanging on top of a pile of treasure, okay? Often that's what we think of treasure, right? Something in this world that is able to sustain us, provide security, and we seek it. And oftentimes we end up dying trying to find it, Amen. But the joy is, is that God has something different for us. So when we think about storing up treasures on earth, the focus is often about us, right? It's self, self-preservation. It's about showing that uh, we can be self-sufficient, and it's also on the fact that we can uh, solve our own problems. And oftentimes we think of money as being that tool that if I had enough, I would be able to solve all my problems, and then I can begin to help solve the problems of those around us. But how many of us already know that God is helping us redefine something here? God throws curveballs curve right in the middle of us trying to figure things out and understand them, amen? We do not even begin to grasp what God's heart is behind having our affections in the right area. Because we think of it as, as it says, the first bullet up there says, we want to accumulate everything that we need. Uh, we just heard the prophetic team, you know, this morning get up, and that was one of the things, is that God is going to provide everything that we need. We don't have to, uh, you know, fight to get it. We have been blessed. You know, and Anita, it was funny that, I mean, not funny, but it was just perfect timing that, you know, when we go to God, we go to God with empty hands. And those hands are lifted up because we need to receive. But guess who's the one that gets to provide the blessings that we are going to receive? It's your neighbor. It's the person sitting next to you that God has chosen for such a time as this to be able to bless those in need. So instead of accumulating uh, we should be distributing, right? But when we think about it from a pur the purpose of self, we see that money is often our security. And that anxiety and fear often drive our motives for that affection, right? Our eyes get put on that, on that money because we think, okay, once I have it, I'm going to be safe, I'm going to be secure. I don't need God. And it's a lack of trust that God will actually supply all of our needs. How many of us have been in that moment where 
you've been prodded by God to say, you know, give to this person. And we're like, oh, you know, I, I got my rent in my pocket and that's it. I've got my, my bills. I've got, you know, I've got to take my wife to dinner tonight. She'll kill me. <laughs> but the reality is, is we end up often saying no to God and yes to ourselves just so we can pacify our fears. But God wants to stretch us beyond that. He wants to get us to a place where we are redefining the affections of our heart. Because God's eye is on what? What is the one thing that God's eye is on? He created us for a purpose, right? We fill the earth. God sent his son to die for each and every one of us. He's already showed us that we are that valuable to him. So what is the affection? What is the apple of God's eye? We are. We have been invested in. If somebody gave their life for you, how would you feel? That's like the ultimate sacrifice, right? It's like, you know, take back your millions, take back your boats and your yachts and your, you know, all the caravans of stuff because somebody gave their life for me. It's the ultimate sacrifice. So Jesus is trying to teach us something here. So let's find out what that is. And lastly, I put up their saving because if you go back into the Old Testament, remember Joseph? God told Joseph... Uh, as he was a ruler in Egypt, to go ahead and store up the grain for, what, seven years? Because there was a famine coming. And oftentimes we, in our council, and it's, it's actually very good council because, you know, we, we have our financial counseling where, you know, you save so much, right, 10% of your income, and then you can use, you know, 10% for your tithe, 10% for going out to eat, and then you have your bills, and everything is just kind of broken down real nice and, and planned out, right? But when we see the words of Jesus, he said what? Do not store up treasures. Well, what happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Did something change? I would say, yes, it did. Because Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit in order to provide us with a new wisdom. It's a moment-by-moment -moment wisdom. The kind of wisdom that taught, or not taught, but uh, uh, moved Jesus through his daily operations. Jesus said what? He says, I do nothing but that which I see the Father doing. So does it now mean that all that other stuff is out the window that I don't have to save and I don't have to, you know, put money away for a rainy day? Well, when you think about the purpose of that, you're storing up money to keep it in reserve. And what if God is saying to us right now, I can use that money right now. Don't worry. I will provide for you. It's going to cause us to do what? It's going to cause us to live by faith. And so when we see the story of the rich young ruler, we see that Jesus said, you know, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. That's in Mark 21. 
said, go sell everything. I mean, does that verse make you uncomfortable? It makes me uncomfortable when I read it. I read it, and, some, and I go, wow, I got to give everything? I got to go sell? You know, honey, sorry, we got to go sell all your shoes. <laughs> I got to sell my BMWs. I got to sell everything, and then I can give it to the poor. But the challenge that, that Jesus is putting in our heart is maybe he wants us to feel a little uncomfortable. Maybe he wants us to kind of squirm in our seat a little bit and say, wait a minute, do I need everything that I have? You know, uh, there was, and just to, you know, personal testimony in this, you know, much of what we have now, uh, I never really even asked for. It just kind of materialized through blessings that God was providing. And, you know, Cindy and I really, we, we live by faith from day to day. And sometimes I look at, you know, the bills that we have to pay and I look at the, you know, the money that, that we want to give and help out with other people. And, and sometimes it's mind-boggling. But the reality is, is I've given, we have given our life, our house, our money, everything that we have is on God's plate. Are we still learning through this process? Absolutely. You know, are we still, are we perfect in this? No, not but is God stretching us? Daily. But what God is stretching us into is the ability to see a new treasure. That that treasure is not a car sitting out in a parking lot. That, that's a tool. And it serves many purposes. But the real treasure are the people that are sitting in this house today. The, the people that yet do not know Jesus Christ. And that's, what, that's the part that God wants us to focus on. Okay, we will, I'm sorry, I'm going to, next time I'm going to have these guys upstairs do this. <laughs> Storing treasures in heaven. So if you look at the background picture, you can see what God's eyes are on. He's on people in need. His eyes are on the guy sitting in, you know, in the top left-hand corner. The girl in the top right-hand corner. The girl in the middle, or the guy and the girl in the middle. The family on the bottom left. You know, the guy in the bottom right. That's where God's eyes are. And what does he need from us to invest in these people? And many, you know, again, it's not just about money. What else do we have? We have time, and we have the talents that God has given to us. And, it, and of course, the treasures that God has put in our pockets. Amen? So the focus is on others. It's not on ourselves. It's not, you know, this frantic need to, you know, figure out where we're going to get our rent money, to figure out where we're going to get the food to eat. That's not where God wants our focus. It's actually when we begin to focus on others because this is where we begin to live out our faith. When we've given our life to Christ, we gave God our life. It is up to him now to take care of us. Now, does that mean that we're to be irresponsible? No, that's not what I'm saying. But it's, the, it's learning how to turn from accumulating to distributing. Be a giver. You don't have to be rich to be a giver. Begin giving what you have now. 
What God has blessed you with, bless somebody else. And money ends up being a tool for God's kingdom. It's an investment. And love and compassion is what drives our motives. It's when we see somebody in need, and just like Jesus, when he said, you know, or when he, he noticed that after, you know, or I'm sorry, before feeding the 5,000, he was moved by compassion because he saw that there were people without, there were sheep without a shepherd. So it's that compassion that drives us. When we see somebody in need, that's number one. But also when God is using somebody to build the kingdom, that's a worthy investment. And the bottom line is, is we trust that God will supply all of our needs, even when we give. And finally, yes, we're called to give recklessly. Because it's God that has given that initial push in your heart. Don't think that God has given you wisdom to yield it as you see fit. When you think of real biblical wisdom, biblical wisdom is the ability to see what God's will is in your life. That's what true wisdom is. Because the other wisdom is an earthly wisdom that we kind of wield it on our own. We determine what is right. But when we're following by the power of the Holy Spirit, God determines for us what is right. And I've been in those moments. And there was a moment in uh, D.C. I was coming out of my hotel room and I have to get on to uh, the metro. And I know there's always people begging uh, at the entrance to the metro. It's very crowded, so it's a good place for them to come and, you know. And I was watching this guy, and when you really observe uh, what's happening with these, with these folks that are out there begging for money, very few people actually stop and give them money. They just walk, I mean, thousands of people walking by them every single day. How many of you know when Jesus is in your heart, you can't just walk by? That tug is there. And so I walked up to him and I just said, hey, brother, tell me, tell me your story. And he's a disabled vet. He lost his wife two years ago. She was the breadwinner. He lost his house. He lost his health. He's had... had He's having to go to the hospital and deal with some heart issues. Uh, he just got on uh, uh, the VA, uh, you know, getting uh, care through the VA hospital. Uh, and he's got an application in right now so that he can get disability. But until that application comes through, he's basically what he does is he comes into the city, begs for money, and then he takes what he has and goes back out of the city to where the hotel rooms are cheaper and he gets a place to stay for the night. If he doesn't, then he's on the street. And my heart was, just like what Jesus said, my, my, my heart was moved by, into compassion for this guy. I was no more worried about, hey, is this guy trying to get over on me? Is he trying to scam me? No. Because if Jesus is calling you into that moment, you can trust in the Holy Spirit. You can trust in his guidance and leadership. That's living by faith. You leave the rest up to God. If he's faking it to make it, maybe that moment that you're spending with him will be enough for you to change his heart and his mind and say, wait a minute, 
Maybe I need to follow God. So I was able to pray with him, and I gave him some money. And it is in those moments when we begin to see that Jesus is redefining for us the purpose that God has put us here for. So I'm going to go kind of through these last few slides a little bit because it's just going to reinforce, I think, that this is really the heart of today's message, is being able to stretch us and to see that there's a greater purpose in giving, but it's not just about money. It's about focusing our desires and our affections on the right things. And it's, it, it's coming from a heart of love and compassion. And that's what it really means by eyes of darkness. That's actually Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> and, but I chose Ebenezer Scrooge for a purpose. Because when you think about what he's doing, it's all right. He's, he's got the, the, the account sheets and he's adding and subtracting and he's like, you owe me this and you owe me that and, and you, you, know, oh, you, you've get a, you get a bonus this year. And he's, very, he's accounting for everything. It's very shrewd, right? So everything that he's doing is actually right. But what was the whole story about? It was one of his workers wanted to go home for Christmas and be with his family. And he's like, no, you got to work. The guy had no heart, had no compassion. So what is God saying? Kind of going back to that, that whole point about uh, uh, we could dot every I and cross every T, save our money, do our 10%, make, make sure our tithe is cut out, you know, and we will do well. But God is saying as he moves in our heart, compassion comes in. Love comes in. And all of a sudden, we begin to see things differently. And the reason we see things differently is because we have eyes, right? The eyes are stirred up. Our affections, I'm sorry, are stirred up by our eyes. It's by what we see. And a healthy eye will have healthy treasure in its eyes. It will have people. It will have situations. It will have the gospel. It will have the, uh, the ministry. It will have things in its eyes that, wait a minute, that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see the word of God go out. I want to see people be saved by the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to see those that are doing the work of the ministry taken care of and being paid, uh, you know, uh, uh, given some money. And these are the things that God wants to help us move into. But if our affections are set on the wrong things, that's what Jesus is saying here, is that it's eyes of darkness. Because those treasures, they may provide earthly pleasure and security, but ultimately they have no eternal return. And then we have the result of the rich young ruler. Because Jesus said, I want you to go and sell everything. And it said that he was sad. He had grief because he had so many possessions. He didn't want to let go of it. Those possessions became more important than following Jesus Christ. So that's our eyes of light. And this was out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It says, in the severe test of, of affliction, there are uh, abundance of joy 
and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So begin to see people as treasures for God's kingdom. Investing in the hearts of people results in them seeing God because your generosity may help people turn their heart towards Jesus. They may decide, wait a minute, this is some uncommon generosity that I'm receiving here. And they see God in you. And that is what God wants to do. Ultimately, he wants to show them who he is through what we do for other people. And that one's kind of cut off at the bottom. So I'm going to, actually going to, we're running out of time, so I'm going to be uh, closing on this next set. You cannot serve two masters. See, God blesses us to be a blessing. And it's not for storing up what we have. What God has given to us should flow through our hands. So either we are mastered by money, and therefore we ignore God, or we are mastered by God and make money a servant for the kingdom. So when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. They do not have the means to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So take risks in loving people with your money. And finally, we, Cindy and I like listening to Joyce Meyer. Or no, it was somebody else. Who was that? Maria Durso? Yeah. She actually said, what's in your wallet? Right? Everybody knows the Capital One. Right? What's in your wallet? But what she said was, Open wallet, open heart. Closed wallet, closed heart. It's about trust. It's about realizing that God wants to bless us. He wants to bless those that uh, are getting to know him. And in fact, it may be the very tool that God uses to draw somebody into the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Since we're running late, I'll just go ahead and, and close us and release us. But no more if you want to come up. Father, we thank you for the, the mercy that you give to each one of us, Lord. That even though we may not see things clearly as you do, Lord, you give us the grace and the time and the patience to be able to turn our eyes and see things in a new light. So, Father, today I pray that we see that the object of your affections is us and that you want to invest in the lives of men and that when you bless us, Lord Jesus, the blessings that we receive are not to be spent on ourselves, but Father, they're to be spent on investing in the very affection that you have, which is to gain the hearts of all mankind. So, Father, today I just pray over our house. I pray that we begin to give recklessly, Lord. That we support 
the mission and the vision of this church that you have given. That you have called us to greater things, Lord, when we begin to minister out of hearts of love and compassion. Because we begin to see, Lord, that you provide for each one of us. That through faith, we don't have to worry about where our next meal comes from. Even if you're in here today and you don't have money for rent, you don't know where your next meal is coming from. God said, cast your cares upon me. For even the sparrow, I take care of. I feed even the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. All have food in their time. And even when Jesus walked the earth and said that he'd had no place to lay his head because he was doing the work of the ministry. A heart that is set free is a heart that no longer cares about its circumstances because the affections of its heart have been changed to see the glory of God, to see the power of God, to see the ability for God to take care of each and every one of us. So if any of you are out there today and you just need prayer to be able to stretch beyond the level of faith that you're at, to see that God will provide for you. In fact, he will provide for you to the point to where you will be able to give and you won't have to worry about receiving. So if that's you today, just go ahead and raise your hand and I'll pray with you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Father, we just thank you for the hearts of everybody that's in this house today. And I pray for those, Lord, that raised their hand, that the trust in the, in the love and the power that you have given will fill them, Lord, with the security that they have in you. That there is no need for them to worry about tomorrow. That you will supply every need that they have to be able to provide for your kingdom, to be able to provide for their needs, to provide even for the things, Lord, that they need to take care of themselves, to be at rest, to be in good health. Because your purpose is to invest in us so that we can bring glory to your name. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.